Welcome to Sensitive Sundays, a show where we normalize vulnerability and pretend like tomorrow is not Monday. My name's Alyssa. And my name's Carly. And today we're going to be talking about romanticizing life. Yes. The life that we live in. So much romanticizing. (laughs) Uh Oh my God. Okay. I Uh need to cut all of that. I mean, but you're not wrong, Alyssa. Like we can see life as romantic. And I think that's what we mean is, or that's what we meant by thinking about this topic is, you know, how do we make our lives sound romantic, sound fun and exciting and, you know, something that we want to be doing every day and Mm -hmm. thinking about and hoping for. And that's kind of what our hope is today to be able to talk about what we want to do in the future, what we're thinking about from the past, what gives us energy in terms of our lives current present past future absolutely yeah i i'm very excited to hear your take on this and hear what everyone else might feel and say about how they romanticize life so i'm ready to get into it okay sounds good so we thought of a couple of different ways that we romanticize life generally but i sometimes break it down into times Mm -hmm. you know like i tend to romanticize the past and the future much more than the present right yeah So do you want to speak a little bit first on the past? Yeah, yeah, sure. When I think about the past. Hold up. Sorry, Carly. First, we have to talk about what are you feeling? We skipped a whole part. (laughs) We jumped straight into the topic and didn't even ask ourselves. We're just so ready. Uh, We don't even want to talk about what we're feeling sensitive about. (laughs) Alyssa, what are you feeling sensitive about on this Sunday? I'm feeling sensitive about my weight. Mm. I know that my seemed strange, but I'm also the heaviest I've ever been. And I've always been someone who's been able to maintain a relatively uh, low weight, uh, maybe even too low for myself. But now I'm much higher than I've ever been. And it shows and I feel it. And it just sucks, especially because summer's begun. And it's like everybody worked to get their summer body and I had it and I lost it within a matter of two months Mm. and I can blame losing my job and my cat dying and getting the IUD um, which are all very valid reasons but that doesn't take away the feeling and sensitivity I feel around it where Mm. I'm not able to fit into literally all of my pants. I Mm. I have two or three pairs of jeans that I can actually fit into and it sucks. It really sucks. And, you know, I feel for everyone who goes through these body fluctuations and me myself, I have never had to really deal with this to this degree, this intensity. I don't want to really fixate on this topic too much because it's just, I don't know, kind of bothers me, but I just want to be honest of what I'm feeling sensitive about this Sunday. Yeah, thank you. And I think it's a totally relatable thing to be sensitive about. I don't think it's weird at all to be sensitive about body changes. You know, even if they're positive or negative, sometimes there's loaded feelings about them. And it's even rough to say positive or negative because our bodies are going to change our whole lives in ways that we want or in ways that we don't want. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's out of our control at the end of the day if they do or for how long they do or why they change at the end of the day. And so I can totally understand it changing in a way that you're not happy about Mm -hmm. based on, you know, all of the things that we're told about how we're supposed to look or what we want ourselves to look like. And So it makes a lot of sense why you feel that way. So thank Thank you you. for sharing. 
Thank you for helping normalize it for me, because even though I know it's a very normal thing, it's still when it's you going through it and it's something new for you, it just yeah. it sucks. But yeah. I'm trying my best to kind of be more active, count my calories in a healthy way, not not like trying to go crazy. But mm -hmm. I have a cool app that I was shown that helps <laughs> helps me stay on track that's so. great. Yeah, that's great. Nice. I'm glad you feel good about what you're doing and, you know, feeling good about moving your body and that sort of thing. You know, it's it's so tough, especially when we don't feel comfortable in ourselves to do those things. And I can understand that, too. Sometimes it makes even more resistance in me wanting to move our bodies. If I don't feel good about the way that my body feels when I'm doing things, mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, why do I want to do that? Like, why do I want to do sit-ups when I can, like, feel my skin be different than normal. Right. And that's something I've never experienced before. Like, like I said, to this degree, like it's never been difficult for me to do a sit up before. Mm. And now I'm like, I feel it. And I don't mm. know if that's just with being in your mid to later 20s. But that's I don't know that that doesn't seem like, I don't know, it's just taboo to me because mm. or not taboo. It's just uncharted territory for yeah. me. So I'm I'm learning to grow with it. And trying to combat it as best I can because I know I feel my best when I am in a fit state. Mm. I just and it's not about like maintaining with what society wants. It's yeah. purely what I want. And mm. I like being able to feel strong and move and, you know, all that com goes with it and mm -hmm. fit into all my pants. Yeah. <laughs> my really nice that's pants. That's preferable. <laughs> you know, like if you can use the clothes in your closet. Yes. That's so that makes sense. Thank you for sharing and, and being willing to expand on it a little bit more. I know it's, you know, a sensitive subject and I mm -hmm. appreciate you being willing to talk about it and for us to be willing to kind of like expand more on it because I know it can be triggering sometimes to even talk about bodies or weight or things like that. And there's so many different things behind that. Yeah, totally. Okay. Harley. <laughs> What are you feeling sensitive about this Sunday? I think the problem is that I don't even really know for sure what I'm feeling sensitive about. I Maybe it's about, you know, me being less assertive than mm -hmm. I want to be or me putting others first more in a way. Mm -hmm. I think I have noticed throughout, you know, the last whoever knows how long because I've been doing this forever. But it's really coming to a point now where... I'm seeing that I'm making active decisions for other people and not for myself. Mm, yeah. And I get upset at myself about it because it's not fun to let go of your own needs. Even today, like I was getting my nails done with Amanda. Oh, fun. I know. And um, the person who was doing my nails was like super nice, but we didn't really talk that much. Mm -hmm. And another customer came in specifically for them and my nails were drying. And they said it would be about five minutes, uh -huh. and it was about five minutes maybe, and they, like, checked my thumb, which is, like, the first finger that you do or the first yeah, or last on my, yeah. like, first hand. And they were like, oh, you're good to go. So then I, like, grabbed my stuff and started, like, moving things around, which I know I shouldn't have done if I had just gotten my nails done. Uh -huh. But I, like, trusted this person and, like, let them, you know, put their need of, like, seeing this next customer before right, right. me knowing that my nails probably weren't dry mm. anyway so um my nails aren't perfect but that's fine but it's it's a minor sensitivity that plays out in ways like this where i just like 
have more inconveniences in my life because of it. And it's not a big deal, but it just sucks sometimes. So yeah, it really does. And I do think like in that case, that specific scenario, when you've invested your time and money into something, even though it may not be a huge amount, it's it's still an investment that you've put. And so when you feel like you've been slightly deceived, it feels that much worse. So yeah. I totally get where you're coming from. And I'm, I'm sorry that happened. Thank you. Yeah, it's not it's not a big deal at no. all. And I totally understand. And but the thing is, your feelings are valid. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to work on it. So I guess that's my goal for the future is figuring out ways where I can be like, can I just have a couple more minutes and have yeah. that, you know, not be a big deal? And, you know, people say the older you get, the less you give a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that. I'm sure everyone has heard that. Um, and I think that's really true. That's why we see a lot of Karens pop up who are later in their life yeah. because um, maybe they've gone to the point where they really don't give a shit. But that's OK. That makes it sound like I'm comparing you to becoming a Karen. But that's not true. There's a fine line between <laughs> yeah. asserting yourself for something you deserve versus being just completely outrageous right. and and feeling like you're the center of the entire universe. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And mm. I'm sure our listeners know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I sure hope so anyway. Yeah, there's definitely a difference. And, yeah. and I understand that. And there's no way that I ever want to become the opposite of what I am now, I think, in too big of a way. So it's about figuring out how can I take one step in the direction towards, not towards being a Karen, but towards... Uh, being able to be vocal about my needs. Right, exactly. So it's great that you even acknowledge that it that is a thing and that you're able to pinpoint it and you just got to work towards it. And I think you're definitely on the road to that. So yeah. I'm I'm right there with you because I do the exact same thing. I, I see it as not wanting to be a burden. Mm-hmm. And in turn, sure, you're doing someone else a favor, but you're really not doing yourself any favors and that's just not really fair to yourself and you you deserve just as much i live by i know that it's a a religious phrase but i i i'm not religious but i live by the phrase of the do unto others yeah as others do unto you mm-hmm. um i live by that in i every mean it's way, a, it's a, it's the golden rule right it like, is it it makes sense and i think it's reasonable to ask for what you want but in a way that's kind and not you know too much right yeah and everybody will respond differently so yeah yep life is uh crazy like that that's true (laughs) that's true life is crazy sometimes (laughs) life be crazy Mm. (laughs) anyway okay so now we can get into today's topic about romanticizing life and um, we were going to dive into how we do it into the pieces, like you said, the uh-huh. past, the future, and possibly even the present. So mm-hmm. can you give us an example of a key romanticizing aspect of life in your past? Yeah. Well, there's a couple. So I can think of minor things and I can think about huge things. Mm-hmm. Anything from food I ate at a place and what it tasted like and what texture it was to being in a previous relationship and kind of what it felt like to be in that relationship. There's so many different areas of Mm -hmm. the past that I think about and I'm like, oh man, that was great. And I think vice versa, while I romanticize a lot of it, there are also times when I think about things and think about how terrible they were, but it's more 
I have to try really hard to think about those times. Yeah, yeah. I I can give an example of I, I don't want to go into it too in depth, but even just thinking about like my past relationship, yeah. you know, when it was fresh, it's like you see it in one way. And then when time moves on, you start to see it in another way where you see the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes on, you can either be someone who fixates on all the negative things or you can Mm. be the person that sees it through rose-colored glasses Mm -hmm. and only see the good stuff and um i feel like i've i've gone through all those phases i went through like just seeing him as this perfect human that could do no wrong Mm -hmm. and that i screwed up or something and then i went through the phase of really angry and and thinking of all the terrible things Mm. or what I thought was terrible Mm -hmm. and then going to that more acceptance stage maybe of like okay there was this really beautiful thing and I completely many beautiful things actually and I acknowledge those and I and I romanticize it but I also am able to pick up on the negative stuff too and remember that that was a piece of it too so there mm. there's like romanticizing the good and the bad exactly like yeah. you said is there um, an example you might want to share not it doesn't have to be about a partner but anything any experiences or I mean it's such a big question right because like I romanticize so many things mm-hmm. about life and about my past specifically and I'm trying to think you know why, do I romanticize these things? And I think it's to make it seem important and to make these parts of my life seem important. Like a big experience that I romanticize is my first time at Disneyland. Oh, And I love Disneyland. I don't want to like out myself as a Disney adult, but I do really love Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's all connected to when I was six, my grandma took me and my cousins, or it was just me the first time, just took me to Disneyland. And I just remember being so amazed by it. And I don't even remember what I saw, but I just remember the feeling. And that's enough to keep me paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go annually mm-hmm. to this to this amusement park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, sorry, I was like letting that sink in for a second because it's true. Like, I, I'm totally with you on that. There's, especially when you're a kid and you go to a place like Disneyland, everything yeah. feels so freaking magical and just out of this world. Yeah. So I totally get where you're coming from. And I love being able to transport yourself back to that feeling of mm-hmm. that moment of just pure joy. It's like, I wonder what it's called. You know when you like smell something and it takes you back to a moment? Uh, I feel Nostalgia? Like, n- well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, but I'm sure there's like a phrase for yeah. what, that specific thing where you smell it. Mm. Um, I, I've, I've experienced that with some mm-hmm. things. Like I'll smell something that smelled like my grandma's perfume or something mm. and it took me back to Christmas Eve and I could – and me sitting down and eating dinner with her or something mm-hmm. or um, – Yeah, I don't know, something along those lines. And I think that's just so special to be able to transport yourself back to Disneyland and feel that feeling again. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's it's more than just the location or the experience, but it's like the feeling that comes with it. That's the thing that we hold on to the most, I think. And just like you were talking about with your relationship, too, like it's not whether the relationship was good or whether the relationship was bad. Like the overall statement doesn't matter, but it's like the feelings that came with it that stick with you. And that's the cool part about romanticizing the past in some ways is you 
get to feel those feelings again, even mm-hmm. though you're not in the experience. And I think that's what makes it so nice and so appealing. Yeah, I I do want to acknowledge that there is, you know, trauma in terms yeah. of people's past, but I don't think that relates to romanticizing, although you can romanticize trauma. That's very much a possibility. But mm-hmm. I personally, myself, with any form of trauma, I'm very good about, what's the word? survival response or something where I just put it away, shut it down or numb it out more like I actually I feel like I have some sort of amnesia because most Mm. of my trauma I just forget. And my mom will even tell me stories of like something or something. I'm going to be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. She's like, how do you not remember that? Mm. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's a piece of it. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to acknowledge that. No, that totally makes sense. It's a piece of both remembering and forgetting these things. And that contributes to probably how much you romanticize things if you can't remember some of the pieces too. So that totally makes sense. And thank you for bringing that up and being willing to add that as part of the conversation. I had a memory that I wanted to bring up. Do you remember Pasta Palooza? Yes, slightly, (laughs) slightly. Do I romanticize it? Not really, but... The reason why I romanticize it is, unfortunately... I don't want to say unfortunately, but I kind of <laughs> want to say unfortunately because it's about a freaking boy. It's always oh. about a stupid boy. <laughs> not stupid a st- boy. stupid boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, not going to say his name, but you know who it is. Uh-huh. It was in sixth grade. And I literally, God, I was Wasn't it a so, positive experience? Was it not? It was a positive experience because my heart swooned that night. Aww. Nothing major happened except this boy gave me a little... Daisy that he picked off of a bush (laughs) and my crazy boy crazy ass whatever took this flower took it home and pressed it and I still have it in a freaking notebook and I just I don't know I just remember back to that moment just feeling like oh my god all of my dreams have come true because I got to have this moment with this wow essentially a kid because we were kids right right it was somebody that was your age my age yes let's make that clear sorry i don't mean to make that sound like anything that it's not but (laughs) oh god um anyway (laughs) but but at the time it was like you looking back at it now you're like wow how did i see that so romantically but at the time you were so excited about it yeah and i and i won't forget it because that like simultaneously with getting to perform on stage that night was just super because that's one of my happy places is performing and I know it is for you too and just yeah getting that paired together just really made it such a memorable fun happy moment that I can think back to and feel more than anything because I don't really remember like we said every moment of it or exact things that were said or etc etc but I just remember that feeling so that's amazing Alyssa thank you for sharing that's so fun I I think it's funny that even though we were at the same place and had the same experience I don't remember and don't romanticize that night at all but you do because something special happened to you on that night so that's awesome it's so interesting how life does that. Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying that this episode. Everyone's going to be like, dude, shut up. I mean, it's an existential topic, though. Like, that's the point is, like, we're talking about life as a whole. Like, whoa, life is so crazy and cool. And we're romanticizing life right now by talking about it. Yeah. And I like to look at it in a positive 
light when we can because it's so easy to focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. And I'm I'm there's so much negativity in the world as it is. Let's let's take a moment to feel the good. Right. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Be mindful. Oh, that's great, Alyssa. And I'm curious to to our listeners and to people who are listening to us talk about it. What are some points in the past that you romanticize? I'm so curious about kind of what things come up for you, whether it's positive, negative, things from when you were young or things from more recently. Yeah. I mean, when we first came up with this topic to talk about romanticizing life, I truly didn't know what to think other than the moments that I've found the most happy and Carly kind of helped me open my view on it a little bit more of that it can be the good and the bad and that it can come in stages and so I I just both of us want to encourage our listeners to kind of really take a moment and think about it journal draw whatever that means to you to really kind of unlock what that is for you and maybe you might get to have a moment back in the past or whatever where you get to feel that feeling of getting that flower from that special person you know <laughs> you know what i mean just yeah. getting to have that moment of ah oh, that was nice <laughs> what a sweet homework assignment Alyssa. Yeah. you know to to ask people to think about the different romantic parts of their past that right. they want to think about and cherish Right. And it does not need to be a partner related thing. It really can be like Carly's situation where it's a it's just a feeling about being in a place with people that you love and the magic and whatever it could have been. So keep that in mind, because I know personally, when I hear the word romanticizing, I, I think obviously right away to romantic things. But that's not what that. Yeah. That it embodies more than just that. So. Yeah. Can I share one more memory? Absolutely. So. I went to go see Peach Pit for the first time with Alyssa and my housemate, Amanda, and I was the only person who really knew Peach Pit music yeah. when Alyssa and Amanda and I went, but it was like the most amazing concert. And I've been to fun. a lot. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I wasn't sure I was going to. I only knew one of their songs, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, when you invited me, I was like, well... I'm in my 20s. I better go out. I'll do it. <laughs> I love Carly. I'm going to be with her. And But I was always nervous because it's hard for me to go to concerts where I don't know the music um, sometimes. But I really enjoyed myself and I was able to kind of just feed off of everyone else's vibe in the um, stadium or whatever we want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Alyssa, you know, coming at it from a different perspective of not knowing the music, I'm so glad that she was able to have a positive experience because mm-hmm. I know I was like, I remember this like specific moment of all of us like linked together, yeah. like dancing to the music. And I feel like I don't get that a lot of those intimate moments at concerts. So it was really cool to have this band who performed really well and getting to be close to you too. Oh, I hope to have so many more moments like that with you. And I hope our listeners get to have many <laughs> moments like that with their friends and family and who strangers, whatever, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> friends, strangers. I don't know. Like people, I know people who are just like, where was I? 
it was when we went to the Padres game and it was, yeah, I'm not going to mention, but would just go up to random people and be like, hey, what's going on? And just be a part of their group and like, and somehow did it in a way that wasn't just completely obnoxious. And that's just their personality. They make it work. And like, that's something I can never do Uh (laughs) because I'm too freaking shy. But it's very cool to kind of witness (laughs) yeah it's admirable too to see that it's possible in some Mm -hmm. way if you really wanted to you could be a lot like them Uh, yeah yeah. we'll see (laughs) maybe one day i'll i'll do it on a dare i suppose (laughs) i think i think that's part of it too is like we take these romanticized moments in life uh, usually it's from the past and decide that we want to do something different with them so i think that kind of leads to the next time period that I think about when I think about romanticizing life and that's the future mm-hmm. and so we can take all of these wants and put them into a time away from right now where everything is fixed or you are the person that you want to be or that sort of thing and like it's a different kind of romanticization I think than oh, yeah. the past there's good and bad with romanticizing the future because sometimes it prevents you from living in the present, which I'm sure you guys noticed that Carly and I chose to skip over the present between past and future uh-huh. because most people don't romanticize the present. Mm. They very much skip over that. And and we're not yeah. we're speaking from our personal experience oh, yes. too. Like not to say that any of y'all don't do this but I know from Alyssa in my perspective we don't really romanticize the present as much as we romanticize the past and the future that's for damn sure but I'm working on it I'm working on it (laughs) because there is something really beautiful about being more present but we'll get to that um in terms of the future Uh uh-huh what do you find yourself romanticizing the most Carly the most that's a good question or as of recent okay Because there's always two bits for me. There's the bit of like, I think about friendships. And when I think about friendships, I think about the long term of, you know, like that everybody has that narrative of like being an old person in a home. And (laughs) they're just like with their friends, like wheeling around and like (laughs) laughing and talking about the romanticized past and stuff like that. Like, that's what I think about most when I think about the future. And then when I take a step back and I think about it a little bit earlier in life, I think about me being what I imagine as an adult. Mm. My adult self, even though I'm an adult right now, I'm very much into adulthood. But the adult that can pay all their bills without the support of their parents, <laughs> that can own property maybe, potentially. What is that? Who, who even knows? <laughs> who knows? That I couldn't agree more. I I I still don't even see myself as a full on adult, even though yeah, technically we both are. Yeah. We can freaking rent cars, Carly. It's crazy. We can. <laughs> we, can. we can vote. We can, we can rent cars. Yeah. We can have it's, tattoos and buy alcohol. Yep. And get piercings without a parent sign off and buy a house if we, if we could afford the bank it, will allow us the bank to will allow us buy a car like all the things right we're at that stage where when we were a kid we just wished we were at this point yeah and now we're at this point and i'm happy to be at this point yeah. i don't really want to go forward or backward but i also am like where your mindset is right now where it's like huh i'm curious what i'll be as more when i'm more of an adult mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that next step uh-huh. is 
So I totally get you on that. Yeah. I mean, Alyssa, do you think about the feature any differently, romanticize any different pieces from that? Um, I do. I will start off with saying that I have a lot more fear for the future than I have uh, excitement, hmm. which is that's just me being perfectly honest. I do have a lot of excitement. I do have a lot of hopes and dreams in terms of like going on adventures and traveling with my best friend and friends in general and making yeah. more friends and and going to more events and concerts and whatever that may be because I feel like there's only growth to come from here. Yeah. But um, there is the fear of growing older, the people around you, you love growing older. I can't help but I, you know, my warped mind thinking about, I mean, there's even a thing on social media right now where a trend where it's like, I got 26 years older, but my parents got 26 years older too. Mm. And just seeing those back-to-back photos of you as a baby versus them. Yeah. And it's like, I can't help but think about that stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I'm, I have to bring myself back and, and just live presently in terms uh-huh. of that uh-huh. but in terms of the future i am very excited for the growth that i have to come and the hope that i will become that individual that you said where i'm able to pay all my bills and not be worried about having to fall back on my parent to help me if i get in that situation yeah. um magically if i'll be able to afford real estate <laughs> that's the goal but as of how things are right now i don't know if that'll ever be a possibility we'll see and um yeah just living life to the fullest so it sounds like it's mostly romanticizing dreams of the future and forgetting about all the anxieties and things like that but we romanticize the past much more than the future i would say for me yeah i i have more fear in the future than romanticizing Mm. romanticizing is more in the past but Mm. i have a lot of regrets in the past too but i'm i'm trying not to make this such a negative episode (laughs) i'm really trying to be very lighthearted about this i'm sorry if i'm pushing you to make it no not at all it's just the reality and i'm sure other people will relate to me and i'm I'm sure you even relate to me it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of your mindset and yeah, how you absolutely. look at it. I mean, speaking of mindset, like that's the whole point of us talking about it in these time zones that aren't past, present, future. Mm-hmm. We wanted to talk about the present last to highlight that that's the part that we actually need to be romanticizing the most out of all of the pieces. Right. Yes. So no one really wants to romanticize the present, although some people are are much better at doing it than others. I constantly work on doing that every day. And the best way to do that for me, at least, is to just, I don't want to say meditation, but like a form of meditation where you literally just let yourself be in some form of light silence. For me, I can have like some soft music on or just Mm. allowing myself to actually hear my thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I understand. Do I do that? No. No. I Well, okay. That's the thing. I admire that. Thank you. And I would say that, you know, you're a working individual right now. It is hard to find that time. I'm not. And when I was working, I didn't have time to do that. Yeah. I was constantly just thinking about the future. What am I going to do in the future? What am I going to do in the future? Why didn't I do this yesterday? Worrying about the past, right? But because I'm having a little bit more time on my hands, I'm able to be a little bit more present or mm. be a little bit more mindful of being present so that I can actually be grateful for the things that I do have going for me and what I have around me and who I have around me. And I just, it's hard. It's hard because it's a, 
an active effort. You can't, I don't know many people who are just instinctually present. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think it's possible. Yeah. You know, for at least all of us, especially, I feel like I have really neurotic friends at the end of the day who are not in the present. Yeah. And that's because I have a similar mindset. And so it's difficult to rest. And I'm glad that you're getting the time to pause and to reflect. And hopefully that practice can continue even when you start working whatever job you end up getting at the end of the day. I think that I guess my form of being mindful about the present is about in moments where I'm really excited or when I'm noticing something cool. Like I think I trained myself in grad school to start noticing the things that I'm grateful for every day. Mm -hmm. And I made it such a practice that I didn't need to write it down anymore. Mm. And now I just do it regularly. So it was things like, I mean, today was an especially good day, but getting to remind myself in the moment and as I'm reflecting on the day to those moments that have felt good for me and moments that I've appreciated, whether it's things like, oh my gosh, these tomatoes taste so good (laughs) or things like, you know, even though my nails look messed up, they have like this cool feature on them now or things like that. Like being able to admire the imperfections of the world and the things that are surprising to me has really helped my mindset and being able to be more in the present and happy with the present. I love that. I think everyone could use a douse of gratitude in their days because everyone's so focused on what happens next and I mean, that's just natural with the world we live in where it's so fast paced all the time that you don't want to fall behind. Right. But forgetting to take a moment and look at what's happening right now is a disservice to yourself and the people around you Mm because you might miss things that are more important than what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And what's happened in the past. You know, I'm thinking about Alyssa's, you know, question earlier about your choice to to journal about kind of the past and these past memories and being nostalgic and maybe in addition to that also being nostalgic about the present or romanticizing the present moment after you've already done that, finding a moment of gratitude or a moment of really admiring something that you've seen, notice that's happened today and just being able to start making that more of a practice too if that's something that you want to incorporate more yeah let's add that to your uh, homework assignment listeners we'll Um, be checking next episode yep Uh, make sure you turn it in on time we will uh make sure to give you a green check mark or red just kidding just (laughs) kidding ha no 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 would never do that We're talking about sensitivity, sensitive stuff here. No grading, no judgment, just Mm -hmm. happiness and sadness and anger and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um. (laughs) I mean, last last piece, Alyssa, about, you know, romanticizing life, I guess, before we switch to our... um, No-name segment. Yes, our our segment uh, is, you know... Did anything influence the way that you romanticize life? It's a very good question because I often don't know when I'm romanticizing or when something is romanticized until it's already happened. It's usually a past event or if I'm really fixated on something happening in the future, like I'm way less... uh, 
I used to be one of those girls that really, really fantasized about my future wedding. Like I have a mm. Pinterest board. It's crazy. And it, I'm no blah. It's a beautiful thing. And I actually really have some like whatever excitement towards it, yeah. but not like I did before. Mm. And there's a lot of people who do. And it's, that's something I would say is a big romanticized moment, especially for women um, yeah. is thinking about their wedding day and what it will be like. And I, I would fixate on, oh, I want my ring to look like this and my dress to look like this and blah, blah, blah to look like this. And I, I, I do think that society and culture had a big influence on that because mm. growing up as a female and in a heteronormative society, I'm taught that I have to find my one true love, my Prince Charming, and sail away with him and have the most beautiful, magical fantasy wedding. And, and have babies and, and have make babies. a family and contribute back to society again. Yep, yep, exactly. And um, Sorry, I squashed the romantic no, part no, of that. No, it's true. It's true, though. Like, that's just how it is. And so for the longest time, that is how my brain worked because mm. I didn't really see outside of the box. And that was okay for me at the time. I was happy with it. But I'm grateful that being present and learning more about what what life is to me, I've been able to kind of still have some romanticized feelings about that. I mean, I still have the hope to hopefully get married one day. I don't feel as like confident about it or set on it like I did before. Mm -hmm. Same with like having a family. Like there's a lot of shitty things in life and a piece of me is like, why on earth would I want to bring this tiny human that I would love with all my heart uh -huh. into a world that's pretty rough you know sometimes yeah. so anyway like that whole idea it's a bit reworked reshaped in my mind but um yeah I would say that that has that's had an influence on me for sure mm -hmm. what about for you I think for me tv is a huge influence like I was talking to Amanda about this yesterday about how like even though we lived in two different places we spent like all afternoon I spend all afternoon watching Disney Channel <laughs> you know, like that was my whole childhood, right. essentially, from what I could remember from elementary school through high school. Mm -hmm. And so I have to say that that's at least played some role. Ooh. Carly, there's a ghost in your room. No. Carly! Okay, okay. <laughs> I, move, I move those books. Guys, I'm guys, <laughs> guys. Two things just moved in her room and I'm a little... Oh, paranoid. Okay, it's fine. Everything's fine. Who believes in ghosts here? Never mind. We okay, check out so I was talking about TV. <laughs> <laughs> and and ghosts, it sounds like maybe influence some of our <laughs> yeah. romanticizing things too. But I, for me, it's definitely TV at the end of the day. Like who didn't want to be Hannah Montana when you're watching Hannah Montana yeah. or live in a hotel like Zach and Cody did know, or things oh like that. Like it, it impacted my ideas of my future, I think, so much. Maybe not my past, but also maybe my present at the same time of like, you know, I know you were talking about weight in the beginning and like I think my impressions of what I'm supposed to look like are super based on what I see on TV, yeah. what I see in social media, and I have to rewire my brain now. But at the time, that was a huge influence of – my ability to romanticize myself and my future. Right. And I feel like thinking about social media, especially at 
that age that we were at, I mean, fortunately, it was still just kind of becoming a thing. I mean, like, I don't know what age you got on Facebook and Instagram. I know I waited till I was maybe I was we were, in, we were in middle school and we got on Facebook yeah. and then I got on Tumblr. Tumblr. Yep. That's in a big high one. School. And like when you're at that age, you're highly influenced right and to be on a platform where you can see so many different things and what Mm -hmm. you should look like and what you should be doing and and blah 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 the shoulds and whatever especially at a time where we were growing up and trying to figure out what we wanted to be it's a huge influence it's crazy it's crazy how society hasn't like built some type of structure to kind of i don't want to say protect but like better serve youth at that age yeah. where they're so easily influenced because it's it's a monumental time where you kind of figure out who you are and who you kind of want to be even mm-hmm. though you don't really know like I'm not talking about a job your career like that's important that's important later on but like I mean that's American culture like you right. live to work right, um, right. but I mean I'm, I was gonna say capitalism is yes. probably the reason that there aren't more structures built to protect growing youth and yeah anywhere but especially in america because they're a market and we have to sell to them and they what happens if a whole age group doesn't use instagram doesn't use tiktok then the they, they don't get end. the world would end and they wouldn't <laughs> get money yeah and and so that's a big piece of it at the end of the day and you know like we're we were impressionable youth i'm sure every generation was impressionable for different reasons because right. we suck up information no matter what and no matter what we're gonna get information about what society thinks we should be like and it's a matter of like i guess how we can create more protective resources not necessarily keeping them from it but creating more literacy creating more understandings about you know like while we can romanticize certain things life doesn't have to be that way Mm -hmm. and sometimes life isn't and that's okay too we can also romanticize our present and romanticize where we're at now so we don't have to worry and think about and hope for something better in the future right i completely agree sometimes just the cards you're dealt is kind of how I think about it. Yeah. I know there's way more to it than that. That's a very blank phrase to say about it. But okay, well, um, I think we're ready to move on. Okay. If, if you're feeling good about uh, finishing off romanticizing life, how are you feeling? How are you feeling, listeners? <laughs> we're feeling great. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you missed this. Uh, oh, great. Well, well, you know, go ahead and leave it in a comment, and we'll go <laughs> over it some other time. Sorry, I know I'm being ridiculous, but <laughs> it's fine, okay? <laughs> You're so funny. Thanks. Okay, I think that since we, uh, you know, have talked about romanticizing life enough, we can talk about this card game that I really romanticize. Um, we used some cards from it last time. It's called We're Not Really Strangers. Woohoo! And Alyssa brought a surprise card last time, so I didn't Did. get to ask her my surprise I'm question. Breaking the rules. Uh, what a rebel. Tossing Carly a, <laughs> a loophole or whatever. Oh, that's not the word. Uh, tossing her a curveball. Yeah, there hey. we go. Good okay, job. let me say that again because I don't want <laughs> Tossing Carly a curveball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's my turn to throw it back at you. So here's my pitch for today. My card that I picked from last time is from the level two cards. 
And the question is, what is the most unexplainable thing that's ever happened to you? Whoa, that is quite the question. (laughs) I know, that's why I picked it. The most unexplainable thing that's ever happened to you. Yes. You can take time to think about it. I think I'm going to need to. Oh, shit. (laughs) And while Alyssa's thinking about it, listeners, you can also think about it too, because I'm really curious what your answer would be too. I asked my housemate the other day, and the thing is that you could go in so many different directions with this question that it's kind of fun to ask yourself. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. I mean, this... I'm sure I could think of something more interesting, but for the sake of time, I'll I'll say this one. Okay. Um, Carly, would you, at least in my past, have referred to me as an athletic person? Yes. Yes? Okay. Um, You played like 20 million sports and we were in middle school. You played as many sports as me plus more. (laughs) Well, I tried and I really enjoy sports. I really enjoy like the camaraderie and just the competitiveness too. Yeah. I can kind of be a competitive person. So anyway, I um, the thing that I would say is the most ex- unexplainable thing that's ever happened to me is, I guess it's not something that's happened to me, more like of what's a piece of me. Okay, neither of my parents are sportsy people. Most of my family have, have very little hand-eye coordination or mm. any athleticism. And I remember my dad telling me this when I was a kid. He was just like, I don't get it. Where do you get this from? Because nobody in the family plays sports <laughs> and has the hand-eye coordination that you have. Yeah. And you do. So, like, it's great. But where did you get it uh-huh. from? <laughs> so, I guess that's kind of the best answer I can give you. Is I, I, It's kind of surprising to me because, obviously, there are different forms of sports. And, like, my sister's a dancer and that's a form of sport. And I'm a shitty dancer. But, like, in terms of, like, the classic sport thought of like basketball soccer volleyball football whatever yeah like that's the stuff that i am relatively decent at or used to be i don't know (laughs) it's been a minute but i yeah that's probably the most unexplainable thing that's ever it's it's your hand-eye coordination and general talent for athletics which i i I agree with i guess it is pretty unexplainable but it's (laughs) also just remarkable in general like i was uh throwing frisbees with my partner for the first time and he plays ultimate frisbee so he is like really into it and good at it Mm -hmm. and i have not picked up a frisbee in like uh two years or so yeah yes and so i was really bad at it and you you didn't see me when i first practiced Alyssa. we threw before you came oh really and i wanted to quit in the first couple minutes (laughs) but but timing me continue um (laughs) And, and Perseverance. yeah exactly but when Alyssa started throwing with her partner and they were both so good I was like what why like it it's really cool to see and it's Thanks. also annoying as a person who I, sometimes is really good at things that's how I relate to people who are like good at test taking and I'm so freaking shitty at it mm. and I just I feel that anger and resentment to a degree where I'm just like yeah. why are you so good at this but I you know I'm I feel very fortunate that I have a decent hand-eye coordination but you know it's just a matter of 
understanding that not everyone has that. And like I just said, like I sucked at test taking and you were I could even relate to you back in school. You were a much better student than I was in terms of like getting better grades. And I really struggled. But okay, maybe I did better in sports than you. But it's just yeah, it's a matter of what we're (laughs) good at. Yeah, but you answered the question. So that's that's the main thing. So thank you for answering my we're not really strangers question. We have no name for this bit, but it's a bit that we're probably going to do again in the future. So probably if if you have any other we're not really strangers questions that you want us to ask each other, we cannot bring that up in future bits. Sorry, Alyssa, I interrupted. You were going to say something. Well, I wanted to know if you're going to answer the question. <laughs> Would you like to answer the question? I was trying to avoid answering the question. Well, okay. but no, no, I can, I can No, I can answer the question because okay, okay. I had an answer anyway. My, my answer is, you know, I kind of believe in the universe generally and that we're all connected in some way. It's kind of a hippie concept, but I, I, love it. I think it. it's true, though, like, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but when sometimes I think about people, they reach out to me. Um, it happens often. So it's not just one expl- one unexplainable thing, but it's many unexplainable moments where I think about somebody and then later in the day they talk to me. I think it's part of the reason why I never text first is because I think about the person and then they do the work they before I do. Out. Yeah, okay, well... Now I see where your question was leaning towards what direction, and I definitely didn't go that I direction. Don't, I don't think it needs to be, though. I think yeah. it's really about your own perception and kind of what you think of first because right. unexplainable thing is so big. Like it's not just one event. Sometimes it can be a phenomenon. Sometimes it can be like mine is a phenomenon, I think, more than it is in specific event or example. Right. I love those instances, though, yeah. that you said. Like, that's happened to me, too, where you're just thinking about someone and then they call you. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's just, it's so otherworldly. It makes you believe that there's a little magic out exactly. there. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I mean, I think it really fits the theme today of romanticizing everything, including the little moments where you think about somebody and they reach out to you first. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. What a great way to wrap up this episode, Alyssa. Um, So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and continue listening to us. And if you even want to, you can comment and let us know what you think. Answer any of the questions that we've posed. Let us know any questions that you want us to tackle in the future or anything that you're feeling sensitive about on this Sunday. Absolutely. We really would love to hear from you guys and um, your input would mean the world to us. So feel free to reach out. If you don't feel comfortable leaving a public comment, we're more than happy to have you just send us a message or we can try to set up some type of anonymous submission situation. And um, and, yeah. un- and until that's the case, you can email us at sensitivesundays.podcast at gmail.com or you can DM us at sensitivesundays.podcast. Fuck. At sensitivesundays.podcast. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us this Sunday, everybody. Um, Carl, you want to say the infamous line? Yeah. And if you don't come back, remember, we might cry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You don't want us to cry. Come back. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, please do come back. We love doing this show and just knowing that we have friends and family and and maybe even some strangers out Mm. there listening in and taking pieces away from these episodes really is super impactful and and just it feels great and we're really thankful i want all of you to know that so thank you very much yeah thank you and i hope you have Alyssa and i both hope that you have a great rest of your sunday and a good week and we'll see you next week bye bye